Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. <laughs> That's right. That's good enough. <laughs> oh boy. Let's dive in. Introducing Jordan Sprout. We've already talked to Nate, and today we're going to talk to his son, Jordan. Jordan is a street kid. He reconnected with his dad later in life. They've been through many of the same paths. Family unity can come in many different ways. Jordan, welcome. You made a music video, right? How did that come about? Tell me about your love of music. Music's been in my life forever, man. It started when I was around like nine, growing up in Georgia. See, my, my mom, she had a real thing. Like, she loved music. You know, that was her, you could tell that was one of her things. You know, she freestyled and, and ultimately got me into it. It's just always been like a, a part of me. You know, my mom passed away when I was 14. And like I said, man, I think her love for music has carried on with me. And she, I stuck to it and I'm just grinding it out. That's really sweet that you feel like that's carrying her on. Every song I'm making, uh, it's got a little piece of her. That's what I like to think anyway. Tell me about your mom. My mom, she was what you call fun she was like my best friend man like you know she wasn't like the you know everyday parents you know what i'm saying like she was don't get me wrong she disciplined when it needed to be uh you know what i'm saying done but she was just different man she was loving i mean to everybody you know she wasn't just loving to her kids she treated every kid like it was hers you know what i'm saying she was just a, a good vibe all smiles it was never bad even when we was in our worship she made it seem all good wow she sounds like an incredible person she definitely is i miss her Aw, how do you be a mom like that? I'm a mom of four. I don't feel like my kids would say that about me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what was it like when she passed away? Yeah, it was devastating. When it first happened, I couldn't believe it. I mean, that's my, like I said, that was my best friend. You know, I was really close. I was a mama's boy for sure. You know what I'm saying? So like, every my mama go, I got to know. So when, when she, you know what I'm saying? When she's gone, it was kind of surreal. Like I, I didn't believe, like I said, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I didn't want to. I was just in denial about it. And it hurt when I saw her in that casket. That's when it all came to me when I saw her in the casket. Over time I had to realize, you know, I have an older brother and I have two younger sisters. I had to be stronger for them. You know what I'm saying? My brother, he took it hard too, you know what I'm saying? But his grieving was kind of sour. Like he got into things that he shouldn't have, you know what I'm saying? And my sisters, like they were too young to even understand what was going on. So I had to cover my tears and, you know, put my big boy pants on. And, and that's what I ultimately did. When my mom was sick, I realized I had to be uh, an adult when my mom was sick. Unfortunately, it probably got me to some things I shouldn't have. Also, you know, being 12 years old, you can't go out and find a job. My mom's sick. You know, she's no man in the house. You know what I'm saying? It's just her with four kids. You know, she's sick in the hospital in and out. Only bills is coming, no income. I, know, I just had to grow up real fast, you know. And then when you lose your mom, it's like, damn. That's just fucked up for anybody to go through that, lose your mom at a young age, you know, like that. Um, it was definitely tough just to take it day by day. Um, I had support from my family. That was major right there. If I didn't have the support I had, I'd probably lose it. Just keeping God, uh, having faith in him. And your dad, who I interviewed, is definitely a man of faith. And that has kind of changed in different ways over the years. Can you tell me what it was like? You know, because you didn't really so much grow up with him, right? Yeah, like for like four years. Basically, my mom passed away. That's when I started living with my dad. And what was that like? It was definitely awkward at first. Like, don't get me wrong. I know my dad, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I know him. But at the time, you know, 
he didn't really know me, you know. He only saw one side of me. At, at that time, when my mom was alive, you know, I I barely saw him. my dad was going through some issues. I think, you know, so I didn't really see him too much. I, I kind of started to have a, a a hate for my dad at the time because he was going through things that I didn't know at the time, you know, he was going through. It kind of kept him out of my life for uh for some time. Like I said, that that kind of made me dread. So when I did move in with him, it was I was bad. I ain't gonna lie. I was <laughs> I I gave him hell. I I gave that man hell. Tell me what the hell was like. I want to know. Like, that's a crazy transition. I mean, he was out of your life for so long, and then you had this crazy loss, and then he's going through his own stuff. That's a lot. It is a lot for that. I I feel bad for him. I'm a street kid. I came from from nothing, you know what I'm saying? So my way of thinking comes to my dad, you know, he wasn't ready for it at all. He was not ready for what he (laughs) – he didn't – he was not ready for me. So I came in there. I was, you know, selling drugs smoke weed, all this bad shit. I was doing all this stupid stuff since I was young, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't have that guidance. I didn't have nobody to pull my ass. You think my, and even when my mom was healthy, she could have controlled it. Like I said, and having no father, that can really have an effect on your life, you know what I'm saying? You just having no father, you got to be, like I said, you got to be the, the grown-up. You got to be an adult. How did you first huh? get into drugs? Like saw when I was 12. My cousin had moved in with us. So this is when my mom started getting sick. But when I started seeing my mom get sick and I realized those bills was coming in so fast and that we had notices and stuff like that, I just had a hustle. So my cousin, he was like, man, you know, I know you're young with all this and that, but you got to make some money, man. And kind of, I ain't gonna say he forced me because, you know what I'm saying? He just put it in my ear. And at first I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. When you throw in with homeless, all that type of stuff, man, it changed the way you think. And I started selling drugs from there. I started off with weed. When I started selling weed, I started smoking weed. I'm 12 years old at the time, so think about it. I'm a kid in middle school, you know. You know, me selling weed to grown-ups, but that's where it all started. Like I said, it all started with my mom just being sick, and I had to take care of my family. That is so hard and so sad. I actually have a 12-year-old, and he is very sheltered. The thought of that is terrifying. It's crazy, you know. You would think that, but I had no fear. Like, it was just so normal in my life. When you live that life, everybody around you, you know, got guns and, and selling drugs and, you know, they doing this and doing that. It's literally all around me. Did she know that you were getting into trouble? No, nah, she couldn't. Like I said, ending up the hospital. Selling drugs ain't good, period. But I had a good intentions doing it because I was trying to take care of my family. But it all started going bad when, you know, I got greedy with it. I saw the money to make it and then it went from doing it for my family to do it just to hustle, just to get the money. It's like, I, I wanted more and more and more and more. And when I wanted my dad, you know, I had this mindset of taking care of myself. And my dad wasn't with that, you know, but he didn't know what I was doing. He was more like, I got you, son. You don't, you don't need to do this no more. When he, when he did start finding out what I was doing, I mean, yeah, he disciplined me. That caused me to rebel because at the time, like, man, first of all, dude, you, I barely kind of, I barely know you. Who, you who, who are you to tell me, coming back into my life, to tell me what to do? You know what I'm saying? My dad's been through it already, but I'm so young, you know, I'm not understanding it all. Have you guys ever had like a heart to heart about what he's been through and what you're going through? Yeah, thousands of times. He spoke on his past so many times, you know, to let me know, you keep doing this, you know, you're going to go down this route. And I listen to him like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Sometimes he just fall on deaf ears, you know. Right. How old are you now? I'm 20. And he was younger than that, right? When he had you. Yeah. Wow. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. And he told me, he was like, he didn't know what he was going to do when he had me. So that's why he went to the army to provide for his family. I would never go in the army. (laughs) It just, you know, shows him that he was a man willing to step up to the plate. So that's all love. I I respect that for my dad. Much respect. 
That's cool. After your mom passed away, who took care of you and your siblings? Like you went to go live with your dad, but what about your other siblings? Yeah, so my sisters went with their dad in Georgia. That's where they currently reside. My brother stayed with my grandma. Was that, that hard was being, yeah, split up yeah. from everybody? I mean, you were around them. Yeah. Saying I love them to death to this day. They know I got much, you know, it's like, it's my sister's my brother. You know, we've been through the same pain. I got so much love for them. It's crazy. I'll do anything for them. Wow. Yeah, that's a yeah, lot. Uh, if it wasn't for God and the support I had, I, I, would, I, don't, I don't know what would happened to me. Because it is a lot to bear. And you're still young. Like, honestly, you're still a kid. So I just can't imagine, like, coming to terms with that at that age. Yeah, I never, I don't think I did come to terms with it. Like I said, I thought it was normal. You know, everybody was going through this. I tell people my story and people looking like, damn, you had a heart, you know what I'm saying? And, and I realized, you know, like a lot of people don't, everybody had their mom growing up. Everybody had two parents growing up, all that, all that good stuff. You know, everybody had it. They had all the nice stuff. And that's probably another thing. Growing up poor, that's probably uh, another reason why I did things that I did. And all I did have was my family. When we split up, that shit was hard. It was harder. Being poor and having your, your family, that's all you got is your family, you know? When you ain't got no one else to follow on, you got your family. So being split up and then you know, your mom passed away, that's your world crumble for sure. Tell me about your relationship man. with God. I believe in God, for sure. And I want to do God's work, but I got to work on myself. Like, I know I have, I know there's a relationship there, and I pray every night. I talk to God every night, you know what I'm saying? With, I know myself, and I know things that I'm going through, and, and that's why I see God a lot. You know, it's just my problems and you know, trying to work on myself and, and work on that relationship. Because I know it's the biggest thing. You know, everybody says, oh, I believe in God and this and that. But it's your relationship with God that really means something to God. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you can believe all day, but what is you doing to do the works of God? Are you doing the works of God? You can believe in God, but are you doing the works of God? And I feel like that's where I need to work on, you know what I'm saying? Doing the works of God. Tell me what the I works of God is. Spreading the word. Going out there and putting them on the map through music, you know what I'm saying? When I do get that, that platform where, I, where people actually hear me, you know what I'm saying? I want to, you know, definitely bring that up. God, for sure, because, you know, like, he was a big part of my life. Have you seen some miracles in your life along the way? This most weird experience I had with God, all right? So one day I was at youth church. I really didn't want to go. But my dad made me go. So I went, and the, the pastor's praying, like, literally just a regular prayer. And he's speaking, he's speaking, and he just stops. And he's like, Jordan? For some reason, God wants me to speak to you. He said, can you come up here? He was like, he wants me to pray for you. And then he prayed for me. And then when he prayed for me, you know, I really can't. I, it, was, it was so long ago. I forgot what he said. But when he started speaking for me, man, like the whole room got thick. For me, it did. It got real thick, dense. Like you could tell something was in the air. You, know, you could tell somebody was there. Like a, a holy presence. It felt, it definitely felt like warm. It felt enticing. You just wanted to be more, you just wanted to be by it. And I got goosebumps and I got to spell God there. And this made me wake up like, man, he real. There's no doubt about it after this one. There's no doubt about it. Your dad, like, is a believer. Do you think that that has influenced you? Yeah, that's all we talk. Like, you know, if it wasn't about the Bible itself, it was about other religions. And he was just, you know, giving me knowledge. So that was definitely an impact on my belief in God. I'm curious to know about what school was like for you. My school was weird. It, it was a different type of school. This was a, a school that should have been more on security. School for me was a jungle, really. It wasn't a regular school. Like, I mean, I had fun. I don't have any bad memories. I was bad around this time, so <laughs> I at least I had a lot of fun in high school. Okay, so now I want to know what that fun looks like. To me, school was boring. You know, I only went there to socialize. I skipped it a lot. <laughs> I, 
So my phone was, I, I go to school for the important periods. And then I just go, I leave my friends and, and have a fun field day outside of school. It's crazy because I still graduated, which is not a good thing. Kids out there listening, go to school. Yes, that's, that's really funny, though. I mean, I, I myself cut school a couple times, but it sounds like you had a different um, experience than me. A <laughs> couple of times is not is nowhere near how many times. I skipped school so many times. They are called your parents every time you, you leave class or something like that. And every time I, I'll be outside school, I'll walk out the building. An hour later, my dad's calling me, why are you not in school? Being a kid, I never pick up the phone. I never answer. I see him calling me, but I know what it's about because I'm not in school. So when I get home, I already know what it is. It's like, oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Were you just cracking up? <laughs> in my head, your parents are furious, you know. Uh, I don't want to laugh in front of them. That, that would make it worse. So and I act sincere, obviously. Like, I'm sorry. But I'd do it all again. When did you start getting interested in girls? <laughs> I've been interested in girls forever. I love girls. I love my women. <laughs> um, they're the greatest things ever, you know. I had an older brother, so my older brother started getting to girls. That's when I started getting to girls. So probably around 13. Having an older brother, that really helped out, you know, and gave my confidence, the confidence I needed. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it is. Did you wish that your dad would have been around more? Yeah. I feel like if my dad was probably around more, I wouldn't be, you know, in the, in the situations that I've been in. At the same time, those situations made me the person I am today. I wouldn't change it for nothing, but I'm not going to sit here and say my dad was some deadbeat who wasn't trying to be in my life. Like I said, my dad was going through a lot of things, and every chance he could be in my life, he was. But me growing up, I felt like it was more all about the consistency. You know, I see him a couple weeks, and then boom, he's gone because he's in the halfway house, all this stuff like that. But nobody told me these things growing up. But even if they probably told me, I probably still wouldn't understand. So when he had to step up, he did. Have you seen people shot? Oh, yeah, of course. I've been shot at myself. Shot at or actually shot? I ain't actually been shot. I've been shot at, though, like four or five times. The first time I've been shot at, I was riding in my Impala. And then, so we call them ops. Ops is what we call our enemies, people we don't like, basically. Rivals, anything like that. So my ops, they saw me driving. Now, I ain't got no weapon on me. I can't protect myself. These guys are literally showing guns. They, they literally upping guns in my face as I'm driving, as they're driving, too. I just hit the gas. <laughs> They took off. Me and I hit this alley. They followed me though. Now they behind me. They said no. Bah, bah, bah. Now for a few shots. Ain't nothing hit my car though, but I heard them. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, they trying to really kill me. The second time I've been shot at, me and my friend, we was walking to the store. My friend was like, man, bro, watch that white car. There was that white car. He spent kind of weird. As soon as I walk out, I felt this weird feeling. The same white car speeds up the alley and lets off about four or five shots. I hear the, the bullets whiz past my ear. I had a duck. I thought I did get shot at that point. I was so scared because the, the bullets were so close to me, man. I, if I was like one step back, one step forward, I'd have probably got shot. That's terrifying. That was, that's scary. Do you want things to be different? Definitely. You know, after I lost three friends to this shit, definitely got a different aspect on my own life. This ain't for nobody. I don't think nobody should live this life that a lot of people live, you know. And it's like, yeah, you can you can be the, the dummy to, to go out there and let it get to you and, and do more stupid shit or you can realize like man this is going to happen to me if i keep doing it the streets don't bring none but death and prison sentences i know Hopefully you're, you're in some trouble right now you have right like your dad told me that yeah i got some cases i'm dealing with for sure i got the major case that i'm dealing with is the drug charge i got a blessing i beat prison i can say that right now i beat prison that's great. Best news I received all day. I still got to go to RCF. They still kind of, in a way, put me in jail, but they didn't put me in jail. 
honestly, man, I'm I deserve it. It's gonna wake me up, and I'm I'm gonna wake up in this halfway house thinking like, man, I don't want to be here. Nobody wants to be here. But I feel like I need that discipline. Oh my and god! And your that, dad's had to do that too. Yeah, just like the old man. Mine's not as serious as his was. I'm gonna keep it real. We're just trying to figure out what's going on in our lives at the end of the day. You know, my dad, well, he, he has really bad anxiety, so I can that that's probably only made it worse. And he's probably thinking in his head, like, you know, I, I got to get my shit together. You know, I don't have this. He, like any man is, you know, like I know myself personally, when I don't have anything, it makes me do stupid shit. So when I moved my dad, my dad's been like four years sober. So now I'm thinking my dad's a sober guy, you know, he's goody goody. The first time that he messed up, basically, it was a shocker. Cause he's calling my phone. He's like, he, he, you could tell he was drunk. He he, <laughs> he cussed. He's like, man, the fucking police are asking me, tell me all this crazy shit. I'm like, dad, you know, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm shocked. I'm like, damn, this is my dad talking like this? I think that connected us more that he had a past and I can relate to that. He was going through a lot of shit. And for him to, you know, to be where he's at, man, that's, I'm just proud of he's my dad. That's made me proud. Aw, I love that. I really hope that you can feel that way about yourself soon too. Yeah, man, I'm definitely working on it. Have you listened to your yeah. dad's show? Hell yeah. That's sweet that you support I, him. I feel like a lot of things that my dad says is really valid. I love to, every time that I come up there and see him, we spend hours and hours talking and he gets mad sometimes, you know, cause I know my dad, my dad knows me and I know how to push my dad's thinking. Cause we would get on deep talks about everything. And he's like, damn, I should have recorded that. <laughs> I'm like, man, you know, we all think of a pastor, you know, can't do this, can't do that. My dad, he's like, he's he's giving a whole new light to us. Like, you don't have to be, you know, you can still smoke weed and, and, and be a, a, on fire for God. You can still do this and be on fire for God. And that's just what he's doing. And I love the idea of it, you know. I think that's one of the main factors in this podcast, which is so different, that will attract people eventually, you know. Yeah. It ain't the same. I feel your fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely passionate about it too. I, I actually want to hop on that wave my dad. And I feel like in the future, we're definitely going to be on fire for God in our own way. And it's going to be epic, epic. Better call daddy. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll know you'll be right there with us. Oh my God. That's so cool. Every time there's a podcast, I'm like, dad, let me get on with you. He's like, okay, come on. Aw, I love that. Is there anything that you want to ask my dad? <laughs> Tell him, I said, what's up? Go get that uh, thing for yourself with Nate on Spotify or Anchor. Great stuff. Go get it right now. He has a lot of valid things. And I'm pretty sure, you know, anybody going through it, he has a lot of episodes that you can relate to and get you through your day. I love it. That's sweet. And is there anything else that you want to promote about you? You can find Sacrifice on, on YouTube. I got an EP called Love X Drug Songs that's on uh, Apple and Spotify as well. That's awesome. Um, I got an album that's coming out here soon. It's called Black Heart. Well, thank you so much for being so open and, and honest. I mean, I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate you having me on and let me open up about my life, man. It's, it's actually pretty good for my mental health as well. So I appreciate Aww. it. Well, I'm excited to see like what your future holds and I hope that your relationship with your dad just continues to grow and, and flourish. And, and I love that you love your dad. Like I love mine. Let's hear from my daddy. This is the interview with Nathan's son, Jordan. Good interview, Rena. to start this thing off. But let's face it. The family unit of a father and a mother is very important to children. I think that stable relationships 
whether we like it or not, it's very important that the two parents are able to demonstrate that stability. Otherwise, the children are definitely affected. And uh, this is another episode where this certainly comes to volition. Isn't it interesting how both parents traumatize the child? The father has him very young and goes off to try to support his family by actually joining the service, while the loss of the mother He thinks as a matter of hustling however he can, just being a kid, that the streets right away say, okay, let's try to uh, sell some weed and let's sell some drugs. And uh, there's a market for it on the streets. So we have to be so careful that the streets take over where young girls end up in prostitution or on the streets and where men uh, end up hustling drugs or join gangs. It's a tough, tough environment to grow up in. Yeah, he said the streets bring death and prison sentences. Isn't that the truth? And as you know, in the factory that I ran with my dad and mom, we gave a lot of people an opportunity to try to break that mold. Isn't it interesting also that after the tragedy of the loss of his mom, even though the father was trying to do what he thought was best to try to support and make some money and go off into the service, that the first thing that a child does is that they look at it as like an abandonment in, in some sense. And when they get rehooked up, it's almost like the child or the son wants to also give the parent a real hard way to go because they feel like when they were growing up that they were also under not only strain and stress, but where an absent mother or father, they just don't take it very well when you're not supporting your family not just with money, but by being there and participating in their lives. It's a tough equation to be a parent. It's definitely a tough equation. It's funny because even though he did give him a hard time, he said that he wanted to spend more time with him and that he wanted to be around him more. But he did call him out and say, you know, you had a past too. Right. Well, you know what? It takes still communicating and understanding and time and patience for each other. And when you grow up in the streets, What did Jordan also give us a lesson on? That the only thing you really have is your family. And even with all the ups and downs, as you mature and grow and you develop certain experiences and maturing in life, as I already stated, that's really what it's all about. Today's episode is sponsored by Rin 10 Media. If you want to look and sound your best for a podcast of your own, you want to get in touch with Rin 10 Media. When I first contacted them, Better Call Daddy was just a twinkle in my daddy's eye. And now, only after a couple months in, we're at like 50 episodes. Reach out to info at ren10media.co.za and use the subject line, Better Call Daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.